Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 16th episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing close friend Emily Jacobs. Emily is into her 11th year of teaching and is currently teaching a grade 1-2 class. Emily is also a mum to three gorgeous children in Pippa, Leo and Luna. Throughout this episode, Emily will be sharing her teaching journey, the reasons why she decided to become a teacher, how to go about balancing being a mum and a teacher, the challenges of coming back from maternity leave, what schools can do to support mums coming back into the workplace, advice for teachers on maternity leave, teaching musts in the junior school area, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. How are you? Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Um, This is, as you would know, very out of my comfort zone, but um, you've finally convinced me. So thanks for having me, and hopefully I can keep up with the high expectation of your previous guests. No, you'll do an outstanding job, Em, and it is fantastic to have you on board the podcast today. I know it has taken me a little while to get you across the line into saying yes, I've been trying pretty hard, but it is wonderful to have you on today. We are really close friends. You've always been extremely supportive of the podcast, and I remember receiving some delicious donuts from you Uh, after my first episode and really encouraged me in what I'm doing here. So I can't thank you enough for that. But I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you today and talking about your teaching career and then also having a bit of a deeper look as well into uh, life as being a mum and teaching. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. So have you had a little highlight of the day today? Highlight of the day? Well, today is um, it's Sunday. Um, So we call our Sundays a family day. So we've just been hanging out with the family. Um, I managed to pop down the street this morning. Um, we have Leo and Luna's birthdays coming up um, early next month. Leo's turning three and Luna turning one. So I managed to pop down to the street this morning for an hour of peace and quiet to myself while I did a bit of birthday shopping. So that's always fun. Yeah, beautiful. And going back to when you were a student, what were you like, Emily? Oh, Well, I grew up in a small country town uh, called Charlton. So I went to a prep to 12 school. Back then, I think I was just your average student. You know, I didn't excel in any particular areas. Um, And I probably had to try a little bit harder than some, to be honest. Things didn't always come naturally to me. I remember enjoying school a lot more when I reached, you know, years 10, 11 and 12. Um, I had a little bit bit more input over what subjects I was taking. Um, So I was able to do a home economics class, you know, psychology and health, things that I was really passionate about. So I always tried my best. I wasn't one to to push boundaries or to get in any trouble. So I would say that I was was fairly easy to teach. 
Yeah, beautiful. Love those hardworking ones. I was very much uh, similar to you there, M. Had to uh, work extra hard to kind of get the results that I did. So uh, love yeah, hearing that. And do you have a favourite moment from school? Um, well, I suppose coming from, you know, that small country school, there weren't a lot of opportunities or really exciting things happening all the time. But something that definitely sticks out for me was um, a program that was run I think it might have been I think it was year 10 I'm fairly certain it was year 10 um, it was a work experience program where you know all of us country kids probably lived a little bit of a sheltered life um, for the for our childhood we went down to Melbourne for two weeks um, and we had to choose two jobs to work in over those two weeks and then I suppose now as a teacher thinking back in in no way did I understand what a massive commitment that was for all the staff to do and how fortunate I was to have teachers that were willing to give up so much of their time for us to have this experience. We stayed in an apartment block in Turak for two weeks um, and we used public transport to get around on our own. So it was huge. I worked with Paul Connors for a week and you probably know who he is, Todd. He manages some AFL footy players and you know, I think the only reason I chose to spend a week there was because my brother had also worked with him um, and they actually had um, a bit of a friendship back then as my brother Tim was quite good at footy and, you know, going down that path. Um, but really, I think I was just hoping to maybe bump into some hot AFL players, to be honest. Um, <laughs> my second week, however, um, I spent in the Starlight Room at the Royal Children's Hospital. And I think that's actually really where my love for working with children started, to be honest. I was actually, it was a really tough experience and a bit of an eye-opener for me coming from, you know, a bit of a sheltered life, like I said, um, and then being in this world-class hospital with all of these really ill children and their families. So um, it was an experience where I was really out of my comfort zone, but but really rewarding at the same time. So so that two weeks down in Melbourne on work experience is definitely um, one of my fondest memories at school. Yeah, that's an amazing little story. And, a, and I think an amazing experience for you in a country school, being able to go and do that. And as you're saying, those teachers that took that two weeks for you to go and do that, it's pretty amazing. So no, I love hearing that story. Awesome. So can you tell me about yourself, how long you've been teaching for and what you're currently doing? So I'm 32. I'm married and mum of three to Pippa, who's five, Leo, who's almost three, and Luna, who turns one next month. I'm in my 11th year as a teacher. Uh, the majority of that time spent at our school that we work at together, Todd, uh, mostly in all, all in the junior area. I've also taught in my hometown of Charlton and Achuka in the earlier years before landing a job in Bendigo. And I'm currently working part-time, so three days a week um, at our wonderful school, teaching a grade one, two class of 24 kids. Beautiful. And what was the reason you decided you want to be a teacher, Emily? Thinking back, I, I remember I was in year 12 and, you know, you sort of, the discussion starts to happen about, you know, the pathways that you want to take. And I remember I was putting in some preferences for university and, I didn't even know if I wanted to go to uni at that stage. It was just something that my sister had done and a lot of my friends were doing. At one point, a friend of mine and I 
we were thinking maybe we'll just take a gap year and head to the Sundays and work over there for 12 months. But we were kind of all talk and we never quite got that off the ground. So I guess I knew I liked working with kids and I was pretty good with kids. You know, I'd done babysitting and that sort of stuff around town. Um, Latrobe in Bendigo, it wasn't far away from where I was living at the time and from family and they had a teaching course. So I think at the time I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll just put that down, see how I go with my year 12 results and, and I'll go from there. So there wasn't a real particular driving force or a reason for becoming a teacher. You know, it didn't run in the family. And I suppose it wasn't until, you know, I got there and I started the course um, and I was on my first lot of teaching rounds, which was in a prep classroom. Um, and it was really early on in, in the course. I think back then, you know, within your first month, I think we were out on placement. And it wasn't until I was on that placement where, you know, I thought, oh, I could, I actually enjoy this, you know, I might actually be good at it. So I was pretty lucky in that regard that, that it all turned out well for me in the end. Yeah, excellent. I think as you were saying that, we were pretty lucky with the course that we kind of did that we got to go out pretty much straight away into there was three or four weeks in as you were mentioning and I think we got to see straight away if oh, this is something you do want to do and you are passionate about or no this isn't something I want to do and I know a lot of courses they don't start their teaching rounds to their third or their fourth year and it's a lot of uni to do before you can go and see if it's going to work out so it was great to be able to go in straight away straight into schools and yeah I was a bit similar I knew straight away as soon as I went into that school I was like yeah this is what I really want to do so I'm glad you felt the same there as well yeah absolutely throughout your schooling did you have any teachers that inspired you one definitely comes to mind and you know I hope that she's not going to to mind me speaking about her if she happened to listen but her name was Kim Thompson or Mrs. T, as we would affectionately call her. She was one of my high school teachers and she taught me uh, home echo and health. And there was just, you know, there was just something about her. She, she really took the time to develop a relationship with me and she understood things that I was going through as, you know, a young girl going through high school, you know, with parents who had not long separated and all the ups and downs that come with being a teenage girl and trying to find your way through high school, you know, she always made me feel like I had someone to go to if I needed to. We had a bit of a connection outside of school as well with the local netball club. She encouraged and helped me to coach an under-13s team, um, which was really great for me and my confidence at the time. And, you know, she probably had and has no idea the impact that she was having on me. But yeah, she was just the sort of teacher that everybody loved and could have a little bit of fun with, but she always knew how to get the best out of her students as well. So, and I'm sure she's still having that impact on the students that she teaches today. Yeah, wonderful. And I think everyone that I ask that question, it's, it's those teachers that believe in them and they, they have that care and they build that relationship. And do you feel like, Emily, that you're doing that with your students now because you that's what how much you appreciated from uh, Mrs T yeah absolutely and you know she was a mum herself so you know being a mum now too I can see where that nurturing side of her came from you know it just came naturally to her so I would hope yeah that I'm I'm sort of doing the same thing with my students as well well I work very closely next to you and you sure do Em so keep up the amazing thank job you're you. doing thank you 
So we're going to have a bit of a deeper look into being a mum and teaching, if that's okay. No worries. So how do you go about balancing being a mum and then also being a teacher? Mm, it's a huge question, really. And it's a hard question to answer to, I suppose. The short answer, um, it's a roller coaster. You know, some days work really well and other days, you know, they're a shit show, really. Um, it takes a village, you know, when people say things like it takes a village to, to raise a family or to raise kids, there's no true word spoken for a working mum. For me, I'm really lucky that I have a wonderful mum and a mother-in-law who help me out a lot um, and a fantastic daycare that my kids go to, which, which helps take the pressure off and a really supportive husband too. But yeah, a mum with young kids, she's run a marathon every morning before she gets to work or she gets to school. Most of the time you won't hear about it. You won't even know about it. Um, but yeah, by the time she walks through the door at school, she's had a lot going on beforehand. You know, I'd say being organised is my strong point. You know, the night before all of our clothes, they're laid out with our shoes and lunch boxes are done, bags are packed, ready to go. Also, I'm fortunate, you know, I work part-time, so I still have those two days up my sleeve, you know, just to be a mum and, and to get organised for the week ahead, you know, the meal prep and all of that stuff that takes the stress off for later in the week when, when things start to get a bit hectic. I'd say the hardest part to try and juggle, and, you know, I'm sure all working mums with young kids would agree, it's when your little ones get sick. And that happens a lot. You know, it happened for me last week, Todd, especially in the first couple of years when, you know, your baby might or your children might just be starting daycare. That's when I find the hardest, you know, when you feel like you're forever needing to take days off because the kids are sick again um, and the guilt that comes from having to do that. You know, I'm very fortunate that my workplace is very supportive and my husband's very supportive and he'll take time off work when he needs to or can work from home when he needs to but it still gives me the guilt every time you know you feel like you're letting your your kids down in your class you're letting your colleagues down but at the same time you know family always has to come first and you know if your kids are sick then there's nothing you can do about it but yeah that juggle is and always has been I think the hardest part for me my three kids, they're still quite young too. You know, Pip's five, Leo's nearly three and Luna nearly one. So they're still very dependent on me for, well, everything. Um, so as they get older, I'm hoping that that, that juggle will, will get a little easier as well. Yeah, outstanding there, Em. Thank you for being like really honest there. That was wonderful to hear. And I guess as you were saying, I guess you're really lucky in the workplace that you get to work at. They're all very supportive and understanding, but I'd imagine that there would be Unfortunately, some places that aren't as supportive of that uh, situation that people go through and that you've been through so far. So I'm glad you find our workplace is really supportive of that. But yeah, I would imagine there'd be some other places that aren't feeling, they wouldn't feel the same way, I think. Would you imagine? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine how, how tricky that would be, you know, to have to navigate that as well on top of, you know, trying to look after your sick children. So yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate. So how do you go about allocating time for yourself and other aspects of life with being a mum? 
Yeah, so, you know, I work the three days. Um, so I've got a little bit more time up my sleeve. I'm getting better at making time for myself. You know, it's tricky at times. You know, my husband works full time. He's heavily involved in cricket and coaches a football team. So our schedules can get quite hectic, you know. So sometimes it's a late night trip to the supermarket and it's like a holiday for me. But as the kids start to get a bit older and Luna in particular, you know, when she isn't so reliant on me, um, you know, that'll get easier to sneak off here and there and, and do something just for me. But, you know, like even something just as simple as the commute to and from work when, you know, it's just me in the car and, you know, I put on my favourite Spotify playlist at the time and, and just having, you know, that little bit of downtime or once the kids are in bed for the night, just sitting on the couch and watching a few episodes of whatever, you know, we're watching on Netflix at the time. Um, that's something really easy to do that, that I really enjoy doing as well. Yeah, excellent. So being on maternity leave, do you really miss teaching and being at school or you're just so busy uh, that you just have no time to think about school or what's happening and all those kind of things? Yeah, to be honest, like you, you don't have a lot of time to think about it. For me personally, I really enjoyed my maternity leave and, and being at home. But again, to be honest, you know, it gets to around that six month mark and um, I start to get itchy feet and, you know, I've always been ready and excited to come back to work in some format around that time, whether, you know, it's just as a support role or, or a classroom teacher or, you know, I've dabbled in the, the specialist area where I taught music um, for a little while, which is not my forte, we, we know. <laughs> Um, and I miss the social interaction with colleagues and, and I really enjoy just being at work and I love my job. So um, it's always been relatively easy for me to return to work. But um, yeah, with a, with a new baby and, you know, if you've got other children at home as well, there isn't much time to think about school when you're on leave. Yeah, and I know I've talked to you about this in the past before and I think you, you mentioned it as well. It's that social aspect isn't it like you're not having that many adult conversations while you're on maternity leave unfortunately and it's in a school environment you're you're with people all the time and you're talking to colleagues and whatever it might be and it's that I could imagine going from and I feel like a little bit in the holidays you go from being with people all the time and then you go to kind of not much it is it is a bit of an adjustment that one yeah absolutely and even you know just being in the classroom with with all of those kids too I mean yes I've got kids at home but it's different when you go into that classroom and you're having, you know, those different conversations and interactions with those kids as well. So that's something else that you miss for sure. Yeah, excellent. So this one's a little bit of a deeper question here. Do you find it easy or challenging coming back from maternity leave and going back into the classroom? And in part of that, do you feel like you miss out a lot during that time when you're on leave and it takes a little bit of time getting back into the fluency of being teaching and being in a classroom? Yeah, well, as I said, I've got I've got three kids now, so I've come back from maternity leave three times now, and and it's never easy, um, you know, after being at home with with your new baby and and other kids if you've got them for such a long period of time, it's always hard leaving them and, and coming back to work, and and it's hard, you know, for your kids to get back in in that routine as well, whether it's you know going back to daycare or, or being with other kids. So there's lots of 
other levels and elements to that as well. It's not just, you know, me going back to work. It's the whole family dynamic changes as well. You know, I've, I've always been really well supported though, um, which has made the transition back every time so wonderful for me. You know, I feel, I really feel for women who, who come back from maternity leave to less supportive environments, I suppose, you know, that must be, that must be really tough. You know, myself, I've always felt a little bit out of touch, of course, when I, when I first come back, schools are forever evolving and, and changing and implementing new programs and things like that. So there's always something that you've missed or something that you need to get familiar with. So that can make returning daunting, of course. I remember at the beginning of this year, coming back into a classroom environment, which I hadn't been in a classroom for a little while and sitting down as the day was starting and having these 24 little faces, you know, looking up at me and, and smiling and beaming and me thinking, shit, what do I do now? Like all of my previous experiences had escaped me and, you know, I felt like I was way out of my depth. So, you know, I started with the basics and we did the good morning and we started with the role and we went from there and, you know, it wasn't long before I felt like, you know, I'd got my groove back, but absolutely you know it takes that little bit of time to to get back into the swing of it yeah absolutely and I think I just think about myself and going away from on the the long holidays those six-week holidays and then coming straight back into it it's that it is that reality check of like wow oh I can't remember how to do all this again and it does take a little bit so I can imagine what it would be like for you and other mums coming back and being able to then go straight back into a classroom and get back into the groove of it. And it would take a lot of time. And particularly, as you've mentioned, if the schools change their teaching model or a new program has been implemented and you've missed out on the whole day PD, you would feel a little bit out of it. And how am I supposed to do that? And how, how can I do my best job for the kids when I've missed out on a lot of those things along the way? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it come, all comes back to that supportive environment, you know, having those people around you at work that you can tap on the, on the shoulder and say, hey, look, I, you know, I'm struggling with this part, you know, I've missed it. Um, I'm not quite sure where we're at here and, and always feeling comfortable to, you know, going to those people and asking for help. So again, that supportive environment is so important. Yeah, exactly right. Do you think there is anything schools could do to support staff members away on maternity leave for a smoother transition back to work? I think just just stay in touch um, and check in with them, you know, when it does come time for them to return back to work, just, you know, be compassionate and have some understanding of, of what's happening in their life at the minute. You know, it can be hard. As I mentioned, there's lots of different levels and elements to coming back to work. It's not as easy as just, you know, waking up, getting out the door and getting to work. You know, it's it's nice if, you know, they can they can have some understanding of, of where you're coming from and, and what you're going through. So, yeah, just that compassion and, and understanding, I think, is really important. Yeah, great answer. And I think it is a really hard one sometimes, isn't it? Because people get into their own little bubble of what, what they do and how they get themselves ready and just get used to that. And they kind of forget about what other people have gone through to be able to make their way to work that morning or what happened, what's happened the night before. 
I think, yeah, I mean, you've just got to remember about thinking about yeah. others. And, and that, you know, and that's that's fair too. Like not everybody, you know, has to, you know, be aware of that and, and thinks about that because, you know, they're living their life and, and you're living yours. So you can't expect everybody to, you know, have, you know, separate rules for, for mums coming back from leave or whatever. But, you know, it's just nice to every now and then just, you know, have a little bit of a, a check-in and, and just have that understanding if, you know, they seem to be, you know, having trouble with something or having an off day just to, to have that compassion as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So do you have any advice for teachers that are about to go on maternity leave or are currently on it for just a smooth transition back to school when they do make it back? Um, yeah, I'd just say, you know, enjoy your leave while it lasts. You know, it goes so fast and it's such a special time, whether it's your first or your third baby. Um, so just, you know, soak it up and, and enjoy every minute. We're so fortunate as teachers to have paid maternity leave. You know, a lot of other, you know, women out there aren't that lucky. So I'd say maybe, you know, have a plan mapped out of, of when you think you'd like to return and, and how you'd like to return, whether that's full-time or part-time and have those conversations, you know, with your principal, even before you go on leave and, you know, just try and stay in touch with colleagues as much as you can. It's, it's so nice, you know, from my experience, it's always been really nice to be able to still hear about what's happening at school and to keep those connections while you're away. Um, that can make coming back easier on you and then you know if you can pop in from time to time again just you know showing your face and and keeping those connections going yeah great advice there right on em so as you mentioned before you've been in either a prep or a grade one two classroom for most of your career to date so what are some teaching musts uh, as a teacher teaching in a junior area do you think Oh, so many, so many must-haves. I suppose there's, you know, as I said, there's many, but a few that, that spring to mind. Um, you can't go past, you know, a fancy looking prize box and load it up with goodies from Kmart. You know, every kid goes bananas over a cool prize box and, you know, that can be your saviour when, you know, you want to use some positive reinforcement, you know, in your classroom and you don't have to spend a fortune. You know, you can go to Kmart and you can buy, you know, a bundle of, of stuff that kids that kids will love so yeah the prize box has always um been a, a favorite of mine yep. um and i'm sure you'll agree with my next one here todd the the laminating king over there <laughs> to um have a, a heavy duty laminator and, and a heap of laminating pouches you know there's always resources that you're making and and that sort of stuff and and you need you need that reliable laminator for sure so that's definitely on, on the must-have list. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree there. Ours uh, yeah. nearly caught fire the other day. We had to send it off to get fixed. And I think it was more, we'd been using it too much than anything else. <laughs> I'd say that's a bit of overuse there, Todd. <laughs> um, uh, a great playlist, you know, uh, of, um, you know, rainforest and meditation songs. You know, at our school, we're really big on that rainforest um, music time after after lunch break just to you know bring those kids back in and and really calm them down and that's been a real game changer for me um, in my classrooms it really you know centers the kids and and calms them down from that outside play ready to focus on learning again so you know just having that that playlist that you can just plug in and go is really important and I'd say just, you know, just choose one, like a subscription to, you know, Top Teacher or Teach Data, just one of those 
those sorts of websites where, you know, they've got endless an endless number of resources and themes for your classroom. And, you know, you know me, Todd, I love a good theme and matching labels and all of that sort of thing. So it's a worthwhile investment for, for the 12 months, I'd say. So that's that's definitely on my list as well. Yeah, excellent. And I, I ended up writing down here the Rainforest Music one because I think that is a great one that we all do at our school, but it's a great one that I've been doing in my classroom. And you do notice the difference when you do the rainforest music after lunch compared to if you don't do it and you don't you can't fit it in and you can just feel that the kids come in a little bit more heightened and I think out like and it's great with our students they know what to do and they lie there quietly and just have their time to relax for four or five minutes before then getting switched on for the next lesson that we might be doing and it is very calming and you can see the difference when they come back in after that rainforest time and they're ready to go again whereas in the past they've come in they're still heightened from what's happened at lunch they've been running around and they're not ready to go but that five minutes of just yep we're just going to stop here relax and then we'll be ready to go uh, particularly teaching prep I've felt like it just it just settles them and then they're ready to go again after that yeah absolutely you know if there's anybody out there that that hasn't you know tried something like doing you know rainforest music or you know it can just be like a, some meditation music or something when you when you come in after break times like definitely give it a go and you know like you said it's ingrained in our in our culture at school now you know once you've got that that routine put in place it's it is really as a teacher too like you know you know, you might have been out on yard duty or you've been, you know, run, running around trying to get things organised for, for the next part of the day. And, you know, even for me, I just enjoy that five minutes of, okay, for myself, you know, this is get your head around what's coming up next and, and get everything, you know, lined up, ready to go. Um, so, you know, it's not just it's not just for kids. It's really worthwhile for us as adults too. Yeah, great comment there. I totally agree. So if you could go back and give yourself advice when you're a first year teacher, what would you say to yourself, Emily? Yeah, probably lots of things. Um, <laughs> but I'd probably tell myself to, to focus more on making those connections with, with kids and their families. I wouldn't say I wasn't, I wasn't doing this, but you know, back then I was uh, probably, you know, shy and, and not quite, you know, comfortable, you know, stepping out of my little comfort zone. But yeah, I, I didn't appreciate back then how important that is. Um, and I probably wasn't putting as much effort into doing that as what I do now. You know, having those strong, respectful relationships with kids and their families is vital. Good, open communication is everything. If, if at some point you need to have a tough conversation with a child or with their family, you know, whether, you know, it be about behaviour or, or an academic issue, if you've taken that time beforehand you know to get to know this child and their family that that conversation yes it's still may be difficult but it's going to be a lot easier if you've got that that connection so yeah I'd, I'd probably yeah encourage myself and and tell myself just to to work on on those connections a little bit more yeah I couldn't agree more there I think it's an extremely important one and it was kind of what you mentioned with your who inspired you as a teacher Mrs T she was the one who built a relationship with you and build a connection. So if she ever had to have those hard conversations or anything like that, it would have been a lot easier for her. So I think it is critical. I think we do a great job at our school with that. And we've, we've really worked on building that as a whole school, which has been great to see, but yeah, couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah. And, you know, getting to know your kids on that deeper level, like 
you know what are they interested in what do they do of a weekend you know what what's their life look like if you've got that bigger picture um you know it makes a lot easier to put all the other puzzle pieces together as well so you know just getting to know your kids as well so important yeah and I think the good thing is kids know straight away if you you do care for them and you what you are interested in what they're doing and the getting the best for them academically and all that kind of thing. They, they pick that up straight away if you do really care and if you are really building that relationship. So it is super critical. And I think, as you mentioned, once you've got that relationship with the students, it makes your job 10 times easier, I think. Yeah, you're right there, Todd. Kids, they know they've got a pretty good bullshit radar. They know, you know, if this teacher really cares about me or, or they don't. So you, you're 100% correct there. Excellent. And what do you think the importance of having a close relationship with your colleagues is? Do you think that's an important thing to have at a school, M? Well, you obviously know me, Todd, and, and you know, like to me, that's everything. You know, you and I, Todd, we're very lucky. We have a great bunch of people that we work with. Um, I know not everybody is as lucky as we are, but for me, I've developed, you know, some of my most important friendships with the people that I have have met through work. Um, they've shared, you know, some of life's highs and, and lows. Um, and I really value those friendships dearly. We spend a lot of time together at work. Um, so having people that you know and that know you well, you can you can go and vent to about something or you can you can find comfort if you need it. You can raid their lolly jar, which thanks Todd. My, <laughs> My uh, lolly saviour there, um, you know, if you've just got a funny story that, you know, you're dying to, to share with somebody or someone that you just want to talk about life outside of work, I think it's really important and something that I value a lot um, and I feel really lucky and grateful to work with, with such good friends. You know, it makes coming to work each day really enjoyable, which, which is really important. Yeah, again, couldn't agree with you more there, Em. Yeah, as you said, it is extremely important. I think we understand each other because we're going through the exact same things each day and each week and each term and all those kind of things. So I think we just understand each other and it makes it a little bit easier. As you said, I know probably a lot of people don't, don't get on and they're not the best of friends, but I think it is really important that you try and build a connection with the people that you are working with because, as you said, you spend a lot of time with them, so you've got to get used to working with those kind of people along the way. So now it is extremely important. I think it was great. We kind of started together at the school that we're at right now. And it's, uh, it's been great to kind of work with you along the way. And yes, you've, you've gone on maternity leave, but that hasn't changed our friendship uh, in any way, shape or form. So it's been great being able to kind of do my teaching career with you so far and looking forward to the years ahead as well. Yeah, absolutely. We were little freshies there, sitting there, Todd, weren't we thinking, holy moly, what have we got ourselves into? But, you know, we're, we're still here and we're going strong. So we must be, we must be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. I think I did look at you at one stage and we're getting all the information about what, what we need to do at the school and do this and do that. And I, it was the operations manual. There was this and that. There was all these yeah. acronyms. I had no idea what was going on. I think I looked at you at one stage and I felt like you were feeling the same. And I was like, Oh, I feel like I might be talking to Em a bit here because I've got no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We were in the same boat for sure. <laughs> well, I would like to finish off with a little game. Is that okay, Emily? Love a good game. 
Mm-hmm. As long as it's not maths related, Todd, because you know that my uh, my mental maths is not my strong point. So uh, go easy on me. Well, we sit next to each other for that one and help each other out, don't we? So now it's I don't have a maths related question here. Yeah. <laughs> so this is called One Word with Todd. So it's just a word association game. So whatever mm-hmm. comes to your mind, just say it. If you want to explain a little bit of it, you can also do that as well. Okay, my palms just got a little bit sweaty, but okay, I'm ready. Okay, the first one is staff meeting. Oh, I hope our principal's not listening, but at times, um, a chore. Yep. Uh, Yard duty. Fun. Yep, I'd go with that one as well. I enjoy yard duty. Uh, Holidays. Oh, what we live for, isn't it? What we live for, you know, you, you work so you get a holiday, really. And a well-deserved one, I say. Absolutely. Uh, the staff room. Oh, lots of things happen in our staff room. I'd say it's the hive, the hive of activity in our staff room. Yep, very true. Uh, professional development. Necessary. Um, but, yes, again, at times, you know, a bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. Colleagues. Wonderful. Friends as well as colleagues. Yep. And I've put this last one in here because I thought you'd get around this one. Uh, reality TV. Live for it. Live <laughs> for reality TV. There's nothing better than sitting on the couch of the night time with a bit of maths or a bit of Big Brother or, you know, you and I, Todd, we, we quite like our reality TV um so yeah reality tv and me we go we get along really well (laughs) (laughs) love it and if you had to pick one reality tv that you think you'd be great on what would it be oh goodness me you put me on the spot there oh well obviously I can't go on maths because I'm already married um I don't think my husband would appreciate that you know I maybe would go on big brother Mm -hmm. maybe in a few years time when the kids are grown up so we could go with that or maybe you know I'm not bad in the kitchen I could maybe do not master chef but if there was like an amateur master chef maybe I could I could go with that well seeing your uh teaching cooking videos during remote learning I'm not sh- I'm not sure that just amateur is the right word I think you could be oh, on master chef look Todd I was that's that's not lie to the audience. I was making honey joys and and chocolate spiders. You know they're not you know Einstein recipes, but you know I could start I could start low and I could I could build myself up. Well, you got me cooking in remote learning, which is probably a hard thing because I'm not a big fan of cooking. So if you got me cooking, well, I think you're set. <laughs> I've done well. <laughs> no, I like that choice. That was a couple of good choices there. I would pick uh, the Amazing Race. I'd love to go on that. Yeah, maybe you and I could do that together one day, Todd. Just, see. just, just take a three or four months off. We'll go and see our principal. I'm sure she'd say Why yes. Yeah. Why not? I'll say, we'll say we'll build the brand for the school, all that kind of thing. It'd That's be right. great. Yeah, we'll That's get all right. the way and win. That'll be great for our teaching community. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. And that is the end of uh, One Word with Todd. You've done a great job there, Em. I'll give you the win there. Well done. Thanks, Todd. That was, um, I felt like I was under pressure there. <laughs> no, I thought uh, I thought you'd be fine with all of those. You did a great job. 
And that is actually the end of the podcast today. So Emily, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And I really appreciated you coming on and saying yes, even though it did take a little while to get you on board to say yes, but you've done a wonderful job. I've loved hearing about your teaching career. And then I loved how honest you were about being a mum and your thoughts and ideas on that and some really, really great advice for all those mums out there and how challenging it is to be able to be able to manage both aspects of being a teacher and a mum. And I loved how honest you were. So just thank you so much for coming on to the Toddcast today. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me and for, for letting me give um, that insight into working mum life. You know, not everybody obviously wants to hear about that and is, is interested in that. But I think, you know, even if you're not a working mum yourself, it's, it's really nice to, to have, you know, a bit of an insight into what, you know, your colleagues you know, might be be going through and 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 facing each day. And to all those working mums out there, you know, if nobody's told you lately, you, you know, you're doing an amazing job. It's it's hard. Um, like I said, it's a roller coaster. Some days are good and some days aren't. But you know, to front up and and do what we do, um, I think, yep, yeah, all working mums, whether your kids are young like mine or or older they all deserve um, a pat on the back. So to all those mums out there, you know, well done and and you're doing a wonderful job and you're not on your own. (laughs) Yeah, no, excellent advice and excellent comments there, Em. So again, thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to seeing you next week at school. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday and enjoy watching maths tonight. Um, And I look forward- Oh, dinner party night. Oh, we love that. We love that. We live for the dinner party nights. Uh, but I will let you go. Have an awesome rest of your Sunday and I'll see you next week at school. Thanks, Todd. Thank you for having me. Awesome. See you later. And that is the end of the 16th episode of the Toddcast. Hopefully you enjoyed Emily coming on today and sharing her teaching journey so far and being so open and honest about being a mum and a teacher as well. It was wonderful hearing all her thoughts and ideas and opinions about being a teacher and a mum. And the best thing about Emily is she's a wonderful teacher and does an amazing job, but also what a wonderful job she is doing with her three beautiful children as well. So thank you to Emily for coming on today. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed the episode as well. And I look forward to you joining me in a couple of weeks time for episode 17. See you later.